Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Loving and faithful God, we thank you for this day and for this opportunity to glorify your name. Help us to continue to strive for holiness and to continue to participate in your will. Um, through this, we ask the intercession of our Blessed Mother, Hail Mary. Full, full of, of grace, the Lord, Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father the Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron, and my co-host today is Miss uh, No Stranger to the Show, Mr. Calvin James. Yes, sir. Welcome to the show, Calvin. And today we have an awesome guest, a good friend of mine. Everybody around town knows him as Phil. It's Philip Domain. <clears throat> he was a parishioner at uh, UL at um, Our Lady of Wisdom for a long time, uh, STM graduate, right? And now he is the business and communications coordinator at the St. Louis Cathedral in New Orleans. Hello. How about that? Yes, sir. Right. Welcome to the show, Phil. Thank you all. Thank you all for having me. <clears throat> all right. So just tell us a little bit about yourself. It's always good to uh, hear about our guests from the beginning. So I guess a little bit about myself is I'm born and raised in Lafayette. Um, I'm, I'm the son of Julian Paul Domingue, and um, I guess a, uh, a bits and pieces about my life that are monumental would be I, at four years old, I had a liver transplant. Um, then going down the road, I ended up uh, you know, graduating from St. Thomas More, and then after that, went to college for three years at UL, and then... I ended up in seminary for two years, you know, actively discerning the Lord's will for my life. Um, through that time period, uh, my health continuously, uh, like, continuously did not progress with my kidney function. So I had a I had a kidney transplant when I left seminary this past February in 2019. Um, after that, I was offered an opportunity to have a job in at the St. Louis Cathedral as business and communications coordinator. And uh, recently. After my, my transplant, I started dating Kimberly Russo, and we actually, this past Saturday, got engaged. So Congratulations. In love. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Calvin, I'll take the first question. So tell me, at, at the age of four, when you found out that you had to have the, the, had these liver issues, were you, were you aware? Did you know at that time what was going on? Um, no, I really wasn't aware. I, know, I, I think it has a lot to do with a lack of a, like, you know, remembering it's because in childhood, like traumatic situations, you tend to block it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one moment that I do remember was leaving my father's arms before the major surgery. You know, I've had dreams about that, mm-hmm. and I've had reflections about that. Um, so, yeah, that's probably the only thing I do remember. I hear stories all the time that are sad, but also beautiful and uplifting. You know, um, how my parents experienced like the Lord work and miracles, and um, actually, it's actually a miracle because. I received my call that I got a donor in eight hours after being on the list. Mm. So that in itself, like my mom and them got a call and said I got put on the list. For we had a, liver. For my liver. We, they had a beeper. And then for eight hours later, you know, the Lord worked and he provided. And also, you know, I'm, I'm one of four siblings. I have a brother that's older than me and two sisters. Um, my brother also experienced a liver transplant at six wow. months old. Wow. Um, so a lot of miracles in our family and very, very fortunate. Wow. You know, that's uh, exciting. And I was listening closely to what you were saying. And, of course, Todd and I believe in signs and numbers, mm-hmm. which means signs and wonders because mm-hmm. numbers turn into wonders. And you said some interesting things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you said that at eight, after eight months, what eight, you, eight hours, eight hours, eight hours, eight is the number of new beginnings. So wow, that's exactly the Holy Spirit uh, operating in your life. Now God always, if you don't have a suffering in your life, your ministry it would be weak. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing that at an early age you were, you were suffering, and I can relate to that. So why don't you tell me if you met. Your donor, your liver, the person that gave you the liver, did you meet them? Yeah, so actually a good a good thing you said about suffering. Kim and I were talking one night, and I said, you know, I, I see a lot of active maturity within individuals based off of sacrifice and suffering. Oh. You know, like you see a, like a development of character mm-hmm. based upon those uh, those things. And, I, you know, that could be... <laughs> That could be subjective. People can think otherwise, but that's something I kind of hold true to. Um, but no, I have. I did not meet my donors or the family. You know, being a child at four, the likelihood of it being another child that passed is mm-hmm. very high because yeah. um, it's just an underdeveloped human bo- human body. Yeah. Um, so no, I never had the chance. But you know, after my kidney transplant in February of 2019, I did meet my donor. Um, my sister actually was going to be my donor, but she wasn't a complete match. So we actually did what they call a swap program at Houston Methodist Hospital. Um, actually, if anyone is uh, knows of someone that needs a transplant, I really, I really ask of you to go to Houston. That's the best place so, to go. The swap, your sister gave hers. Yeah, no, she gave up one for someone that we yes. didn't know. That's for you. And, yes, for wow, me. And and I, and incredible. I, yeah, and I received someone that we didn't know either, and I've I've actually met. So, That's like, beautiful. extremely blessed. Wow. I know. That's awesome. Okay, so Phil, tell me a little bit about um, your your decision to enter the seminary. I know that uh, anybody who's ever been to the chapel at UL, you see Phil, he's an altar server, and he's been there a long time and very devout Catholic there, spent a lot of time, and I know that's a special place. But, you know, what is it that led you to the seminary, and what is it that ultimately led you out? Uh, I would say a big part of my experience going to seminary would be uh, it, it really started with the foundation in which I was provided at St. Thomas More. You know, I give, I have a lot of like respect for Coach Lance Struther for providing such a an environment in an inviting environment to high school students at young of an age, whether malleable, um, you know, provide like a faith life to show like how much God loves you. Um, and then whenever I get to college, you know, having someone like Father Bryce Sibley produce like you know, a, like a theological uh, and social dynamic to the faith in our daily lives. Um, I was in the fraternity for three years during my three years of UL. And uh, I experienced a lot. And, you know, through that, Father Sibley taught me so much about, you know, prudence and, and uh, you know, like charity and chastity. And it, it was just an amazing experience to have his orthodoxy and have his, have his teachings being implemented in my life, um, you know, and continuously living that out through that uh, it really brought me closer and closer, deeper in a relationship with Christ. Um, it, it found me like striving to desire holy hours. Just found me desiring like to like receive the Eucharist in a state of grace. And I was just, I, I've really been beyond blessed for the priest and the influences of like spiritual mentors and directors uh, that have led me to that to that path of life. And what is it in the seminary? How was that experience? I think you were there two years. That's a that's a pretty long time. Yeah. What was that like? Um, the seminary was probably one of the most life changing experiences. You know, like not only just spiritually, but the development of character. Um, you know, uh, going there, I was super nervous. Didn't know what to expect. And then, you know, after like the first six months to a year, your roots kind of settle in, and 
You know, it's it's really at the end of the day, it's a big fraternity of guys, but a very virtuous one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I recommend anyone who has any thought of like attending, like like has any concept of like uh, what's it called discernment. You know, have any form of discernment to just try. You know, going there is not a signing like you're not signing anything to say you're committed to being a priest, but as an act of like participation and like searching for what the Lord is desiring of your life. Um, so, you know, I went there, I surrendered in prayer, you know, I strived really hard in my studies and strived really hard in my spiritual life, um, through great spiritual directors like a Jesuit, um, Father William Farge led me to a beautiful decision to leave in a good way and, you know, and, and continue like the lifestyle of a father and a, and a husband in a spiritual way and in like a, in a physical presence. Yeah. You know, you talked about the Jesuit priest. Todd and I have been to a, a couple of retreats, uh, silent retreats, and uh, there were Jesuit uh, priests there and speakers. And there's one that I'll never forget uh, from St. Ben. Uh, not from St. Ben, from... Uh, Manresa? Manresa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think his name was Ephraim. Okay. I've, heard, I've heard of him. Ephraim. Yeah. yeah. A devout brother. guy yeah. made such a strong impression on me. And this was, how long ago was this? Oh, that's got to be eight, ten years ago, maybe? Well, I still long? pray. I pray for this guy because he made such a strong impression on me. Wow. So I admire Jes- the Jesuits. Yeah, I heard Manresa's are beautiful retreats. Manresa's yeah. awesome. It really is. Uh, so, okay, so Phil, take me through. So I'm kind of pumped up that he's engaged. You know, uh, Phil has a great personality. Anyone who's ever met Phil knows he's he's got a big personality and uh you know, I'm curious, this is the question I really was burning in my heart today, was what is it, Where I want to know where y'all met, but also, what is yeah. it that she saw in you that that, that, that made her fall in love with oh, you? Kim Russo. <laughs> yeah. Then I'll let you tell me what you saw in her. <laughs> yeah, so actually, we kind of we kind of met and kind of like became friends during my time in seminary and at a retreat, you know. Uh, we, we met at an encounter, you know, just mutual, like platonically, friends. And after that, we didn't talk for a while. And then upon, like, the semester that I was leaving, we saw each other again at another retreat. And we kind of just kind of had more conversation, got to know each other a little bit more. Not in the intention of leaving and then dating her, you know. And, you know, after I left, I um, had my kidney transplant. And after that, I just had a spark and an interest. And I got her number. She didn't answer the first time I called her at (laughs) 8 o'clock. Um, because she's a school teacher, she goes to bed early. But that you know, was a lie. She was dodging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I called her. I left her a voicemail, uh, telling her to call me back, and I asked her on a date, and we went on a first date, April, April sixth, and from there, it's been eight months, and you know, we've been very mature in our relationship, and we just know what we want. Here goes that eight again, huh? That eight, yeah, man. Oh they're my everywhere. gosh, you're new right. all over man. the place. It's all about new beginning. That's amazing. Um, you know, I was going to ask that question that 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 Todd asked. Um, is Kim a STM graduate? She's not. No, she went to Central Catholic in Morgan City. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm familiar she, with that school. I did talk to her there. You know, uh, what I want to ask is that uh, you talked about St. Thomas more earlier. How do you think the uh, motto of your school, God Servant First, encouraged you down that path that you went, like through you know uh, getting a call, mm-hmm. getting a discernment. How has that played in your walk from high school to what you're doing right now as a communication director? I would say, you know, like, I love St. Thomas more. That's one of my favorite saints. You know, yeah. like, he has a special place in my heart just because of his 
of his will, you know, he was friends with King Henry, you know, and he did not want to betray his friend, but he knew at the end of the day that he had made had, had to make a decision of martyrdom to choose God over him because of King Henry's decision to remarry. Uh, but I, I remarry outside of the church. But I think it's just a beautiful experience to say, you know, God's servant first has led me to, like, the path of having Christ always in the forefront of every decision. Yes. You know, like, there's no, like, there's no big decision that I make on a daily basis that I have to consider, how is this going to affect me in my relationship with Christ? How is this going to either influence or deter? You know, and I think that's so important to ask yourself. And that's what provided me the outcome of, you know, going to seminary, experiencing like all the studies that I did and then leaving and then, you know, starting the date in a beautiful relationship and then actively saying yes, you know, like when the, when the Lord put it on my heart that I think I should take this next step. Good. Yeah. Good. So let's pray without ceasing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thessalonians, baby. <laughs> like that. Five, 17, <laughs> 16, 17, 18. How about that? Uh, that's awesome, Phil. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. Uh, I'm your host, Todd Citron. And again, our co-host today is Mr. Calvin James. Today we're, we're uh, grilling uh, <laughs> Philip Domain. He has this huge title now. He's the business and communications <laughs> coordinator at St. Louis Cathedral in New Orleans. That is Jackson Square. It is. It's a cool place. It is. It is not stopped. That city never sleeps. I promise. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's anyone who's ever been there knows that's a historical, special place. And w- t- tell us a little bit about that. What's that like? Yeah. So uh, I was actually, you know, I was blessed with the opportunity from a phone call from a friend that I went to seminary with. He went through the archdiocese. Um, Nathaniel called me and he he said, you know, I know Father Philip Father uh, Philip Landry, the rector at the cathedral. He's looking for this uh, position to fill. So I talked to him and his, uh, the operations manager, Miss Maureen Sherman, and you know they they enjoyed you know speaking with me in the interview and you know they provided me this opportunity to take the job. Um, and I've been there since the end of May, May twenty third is when I really started, I think, or first of June, and I've I've really loved it. You know, it's 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 very tough at times. You know, experiencing what's outside of that church. You know like the homelessness and, you know, the struggle of like spiritual poverty that, that goes inside the church and that's outside of the church. You know, like when you walk outside, you see tarot card tables and it's, and it's hard, you yeah. know, cause like you want to be able to like, you want to be able to like help them understand the love, what God can provide and not a superficial man-made product. And it, it's very, very difficult. Um, but I, I like I tell everyone, you know, I, I've loved living in New Orleans. I've enjoyed it. Certain parts have been really hard, and I'd say the hardest part is seeing the homeless. Yeah. You know, even though there are resources for them to be a part of, like just to see them lay on the street at 7 a.m. when I'm heading to work or when I'm getting ready, that's tough to see, you know, yeah. for anyone who loves and cares about the, like, human person, mm-hmm. regardless of their choices. You have, a, you have compassion, you know. You have a passion for Christ, which generates compassion for for people, so um, what you I hear you talking, and I like the character. You have a favorite apostle? Oh man, favorite apostle! <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I you know, Bible character, Bible character. Hmm. Yeah, of a Bible character. Man, Our story. We're leading you here. You so know, like Job is Job is a great one. There you go, wow. Job. Yeah. yeah, you know, and that the whole story of Job is like it's so like in a sense relating because at times you know. God doesn't inflict punishment because free will occurs. That's right. But 
you know, things do occur for a reason. Yeah. And we have to just, we have to trust and we have to continuously just obey and just say, yes, Lord. You know, it's amazing you said that because in the book of Job, right around the center of the, uh, the whole chapter, mm-hmm. uh, the Lord spoke to Job, mm-hmm. like encouraging him. You know, it's almost like him uh, speaking to us in the midst of our trials. And he told Job, he said, if you decree a thing, I will establish it unto you, and I'll shine a light on that way, so you know that's me. Mm. So this that uh, was the turning point in Job's struggle with what he was going through, his sufferings, and that uh, brought him through it. And I think that we could stand on that same scripture today mm-hmm. as believers, whatever we're doing, especially when we're working in the ministry, mm-hmm. that if we declare something in the eyes of God, he will establish it unto us according to our lifestyle. And then he will make sure that we see it. So mm-hmm. um, it's amazing you brought that up. I just wanted to make that uh, that parallel. Yeah, no, I thought it is awesome. So, Phil, tell me, um, as a child, uh, what your what your prayer life looked like as compared to the seminary, as compared to now. Hmm. What, what's what's a typical day in your prayer life? Yeah, I, I think about that a lot. Actually, the transition of prayer life that occurs in myself. Um, I would say back then, my prayer life was. Uh, and it's not a it's not a bad thing. I I, I love it still in, in a dynamic. It's like it was very emotional. It's an emotional outpouring, you know. And you know through development of uh, just understanding the faith, I, I do struggle at times with the emotional outpouring. Now, you know that's a vulnerable spot for me. But what I do base my faith and like my concrete prayer life on now is like objective truths that I've I found in my studies at seminary and through like you know learning constantly about like what the church has offered in doctrine. And has like what the Lord has provided through divine revelation, and like I, I really love that stuff. I love studying church history and church uh, documents. I've really enjoyed that. That's a mature concept. How old are you, Philip? I'm 24. Good. Dude is deep for 24, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Way deep. Yeah. Got my attention. <laughs> so are you a big reader? Uh, yeah. Whenever I have time, if I'm not in school. Okay. But I'm in school online right now, so that's been tough with full time work and full time school. Good. Yeah. Share with us some books and that, that you have uh, that have inspired you. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, well, this book's hard to read on your own, but I had a class with it. But it was it was like a book of summarization of Aquinas' teaching of the Summa Theologia by Peter Kreef, and that was it's an amazing book that he gives kind of like these objections and these arguments of like like God's existence and stuff. Wow. It's 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 fun. I, I enjoy it. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Phil is way intellectual, man. He's off the chain. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so I know every all of our listeners are invited to the wedding. When is the wedding? <laughs> and and where? I'm sure it's going to be at the St. Louis Cathedral. No, no? it's not. No, no. we're okay. gonna we're gonna keep it in town. And there's no exact date yet. You know, we've been kind of pitching ideas. Probably in the uh, spring of 2021. Okay, okay. Good. She's got um, time to get out of it still. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> She's not hasn't figured me out yet. <laughs> Um, no, okay. yeah, yeah, probably out of Lydia Wisdom. Now, here's a question. Uh, tell me about um, the New Orleans Catholics versus the Cajun Catholics in, in Southwest Louisiana. Is there a difference? Would you say they would consider themselves Cajun Catholics? And I know it's New Orleans is a big Catholic area, but what, what's the difference? And have they noticed a difference in you? Mm, uh, I would say they're, you know, like New Orleans is such a, it's a, it's such a large pool of you know, cultures. Yeah, it's a melting, melting pot. pot. You know, like you know the ancestors that came in from the you know 
from like the Cajuns, for example, they were they were exiled to like our area, you know. But like, mm-hmm. but those that stay like the Irish and the Italians, like there's so much diversity and there's so much beauty behind it. Um, so I would I would say they're not like Cajuns. <laughs> we're, we're, we're what we call ourselves Cuyans. <laughs> no, but the, the spirituality over here has been uh, amazing in my life. You know, it's like growing up. Um, you know, Sundays being like the utmost importance and like, you know, like the rosary being the utmost importance as a Cajun in like your, your grandparents praying it in French or Cajun French or just uh, all of us getting together on like a weekday or a weekend, especially during Lent. Um, that's been great, you know, and I, I, I promise like I wish I could make an assertion about uh, what New Orleans's faith life is like, but I haven't been there long enough to really mm-hmm. experience the the gravity is because there's so much diversity you know i'll go to one parish and it's like this and i go to the next one it's like whoa yeah. and that's like only like two blocks away it seems like yeah so it, it's but it's a beautiful thing have you and kim are, are y'all practicing any things together spiritually like right now i know you in new orleans but when you're in town do y'all like go to church or go to adoration together or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about that, y'all's spiritual connection. Yeah, so I, I'd say one part that I kind of wanted to promise myself, promise myself to her and she did to me was that um, we we live about an hour and a half away. She lives in Patterson still, you know, teaches that at the school she went to and I live in New Orleans. But we, ever since we've started dating and ever since she's been in a clo- closer distance to town, we have not missed a Sunday Mass together. Good. We've been con- we've constantly gone to mass together, either at St. Patrick's or in our hometown in uh, in Morgan City, Patterson area. Mm-hmm. And we've we've we told ourselves is like that's like one of the most utmost importances, if at all cost possible. The reason I say that is that you've developing a strong foundation, and of course Todd's uh, son-in-law and daughter, they practice the same thing and mm-hmm. they have a, re- a re- remarkable relationship right now i know we don't have time to go in, into it but i believe if you continue to do that god will you know like you said if you decree it i take all the credit for that actually calvin calvin really deserves all the credit for that <laughs> tr- truth be told yeah. well, uh, praise god for yeah that. Uh, holy yeah. matrimony you yeah. ever go to mass in um in berwick no, I do not. I haven't yet. Yeah, Monsignor Corville, who was my religion teacher, and a shout out to him in, in, uh, <laughs> at St. Thomas More. We just had our 35-year high school reunion, and he came in and did the Mass for us wow. in school, and it was wow. great. Wow, that's he, amazing. He's got a nice parish down there in Berwick. There's some really awesome little Cajun Catholics, a lot of young people. They are. Actually, Kim's yeah. dad, Joe, Mr. Joe Russo, he teaches at Berwick uh, Public, high, uh, okay. Public School, and he said like because of the tight-knit community, it's almost like a catholic school yeah. i mean like they're, they're not actively like participating and throwing down religion classes mm-hmm. but you know like just like the community and the strong base of like F- uh, monsignor corville in that area you know that's it's, awesome it's, it's very like beautiful yeah all right calvin you're up i'm up you're up okay i'm up so phil uh so i've known phil for a long time and again you know um when phil uh we were so uh and still are so proud of him for for entering the seminary. It takes, I think, a lot of guts to uh, to step up and, and make that that step up in your faith because, you know. And I guess the question I would ask you is: Was that a you know? Do you feel like it was a supernatural call? Uh, where does the Holy Spirit, deep down, charismatically, play into yeah. your life and some of your decisions? Uh, was it like that or or not? Uh, I would say, yeah. I think any kind of call to something that's contrary to what uh, you know, our human desires want 
you know, like anything you're called to do, like like the priesthood, it's such so contrary to like human desires. Yeah. Uh, you know, celibacy and like active like uh, obedience and stuff. And it's a amazing thing that I learned through formation there. Uh, but yeah, like I would say one of my biggest influences upon entering St. Mary was my own mother. Uh, you know, through our trials of our transplants, my brother and I's uh, liver and kidney transplants, and uh, just through like hardships and family. You know, my mom constantly stayed devoted to the faith and constantly taught me that the Lord provides. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of uh, hardships throughout my lifetime, of like economically or just, um, you know, emotionally. But, you know, through those like trials, I had like my, a strong mother to lean on. Um, and she always provided, always provided like emotionally and, uh, you know, economically and just, just constantly loved. Uh, yeah, so through her example and through her example of like implementing the saints in our lives and t- teaching us about them uh, and how Christ worked through them, you know, that really influenced me, especially like men saints that were good men um, who knew they, they loved like and wanted to be a father, but they sacrificed for God. Um, but yeah, like, I, like utmost, I would say biggest significant influence was my mother. But like, but even though like even my own prayer life to make that conclusion, it was supernatural. Mm-hmm. Just a few minutes left on this show. Um, ten years from now, you know, what would you consider success uh, for you and your spouse? Uh, where do you see yourself? Ten years from now, you know, like I, I would love to move back to Lafayette in this community. It's amazing, but you know, I'm I'm very patient and I'm very privileged to have a job and good insurance and you know just the opportunity that Cathedral has offered for me, but. Yeah, the 10 years, I would want to say I'm in a loving, amazing uh, marital relationship with Kim. Um, Nine have- kids. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Whatever the Lord provides, how about yeah. that? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and just I think like one of the things I said whenever I proposed to her is that I love you and I want to take care of you. Um, and I did in front of the Mary statue at St. Patrick's uh, oh. Church. And so, you know, like... Such a romantic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, during that whole time, I was like, Mary, I need you to wrap your mantle around me. <laughs> I need your help. But no, um, what, I, what I would really desire is to just be the best father the Lord's calling me to be. That, that's like the most prime example and vocation that I need to have. Okay, one more thing I want to add before we close is uh, we were talking about your age. Mm-hmm. We were talking about uh, Todd's uh, son-in-law and daughter and all that. I can see a movement that the scriptures is talking about in Joel. In most Bibles, it's at the end of chapter 2, but in the Catholic Bible, it starts in chapter 3. It says that God will pour his spirit out in the last days upon all flesh. Mm -hmm. Young men will prophesy and old men will have dreams. So I believe that's happening right now. Mm. You know, like he's targeting the younger people and his spirit is being poured out now all of them are not aware of it if you ain't in position to receive and understand like todd actually were being guided by the spirit well i believe that's what's happening today and in saying that i'm a word guy i love the bible i read and study scripture every day Mm -hmm. what is your favorite one of your favorite scriptures Mm. you know i I, I pondered this a lot. I mean, it's just coming to mind. I, I'd have to reflect on that because there's so many good ones. That That's why I can, say you, one of them. Yeah. yeah, one of them would probably be you know Christ showing his human, uh, his uh, his human nature. You know, he has two natures: the divine and the human. Yeah, so his yeah. his human nature, whenever he's in the garden of Gethsemane, he said, "Lord, will you pass this cup from me?" You yeah. know, and like he's sweating blood, just anxiously, you know, awaiting his death, and like he's just there accepting the Lord's will. 
and like he he's just the most vulnerable because he knows what God the Father desires of his son. Yeah. And you know, like that that's just something that like whenever I think about my life, it uh yeah, that's just something's like whether it's hard or it's easy, you know, Lord, like help me to be like Christ and like not like Pat will you pass this cup from me. Good. You know? well, we're we're out of time today. Phil's been a great guest. I hope he'll come back on with his bride. We're gonna have another wraparound <laughs> yes. show. With oh, gosh. <laughs> so you've been listening to Cajun Catholics. Today's guest has been Mr. Phil Domain. Uh, God bless him. We wish you nothing but the best. Thank you all for having all me. Right. All right. Amen. Amen.